Hello and welcome to the Impact Podcast from us at Impact Wales. We're Finn and Jane and every week we'll be bringing you lots of discussion, comments and opinion on everything research and education. We'll be talking professional learning, what's happening in the education world and everything in between to help you make a difference in your school. Good morning Finn. Well, good afternoon, depending when you're listening, really, isn't it? It is morning for us. It is, but, you know, there we go. Hello, Jane. And I would like to say that podcast listeners, we need to be kind to Jane today. Oh, yes. She's suffering. I'm still channeling my, for those of a certain age, yes. the inner Phyllis. Yes, from Coronation Street. So, yeah, it's getting a bit worse, but, you know. Yeah, it's, it's yes. So, Sounds worse than it is. Yes, but we, we feel your pain. I feel Thank your you. pain. Thank you. Oh, there's so much of it around at the moment. I just think, well, yeah, there's lots of lots of people who've yes, but it doesn't got, it doesn't limit really yours anymore. So no, that's not very good. So other things we've been doing this week, apart from watching you get ill, is we have been working with the venerable Edward Morgan cluster of primary schools we up have. in North Wales. We have, and we have been having a very very interesting discussion between the two of us. Um, and Darren, if you know Darren, who's our marketing, who's marketing guy. guy, about what's happening with Twitter and what's happening with social media. Mm. So you might notice a few things going, few changes, few changes going ahead. But we'll talk about those in a another podcast. Another podcast, really. Yeah, but, so we've been doing a deep dive into um, an analysis of how our social media yeah, works. But, or doesn't work. but I do, I do think because it, it's what it's, it's the end of June this week, mm. but as we're recording this, I just think people are tired oh. so we've got the pigs and the and the pogs going on today we've got everything going on today i'll be coughing and be pigs and goodness knows what else yeah but i just think everybody's just oh tired. i think everybody and is the really heat tired. this week and the pollen has yes. been horrendous it has and i just think we've all just got to the point where it's just like enough 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 already yes indeed um it, yes so that that's been yep. something that we've been dealing with this week as well and we've also been refreshing our advisory board we've got i think five or six meetings that, that sounds like we've gone to all of them with the trade drinks really doesn't it that doesn't really mean what we mean, no, 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 no. Uh, we, we have been <laughs> looking for new members of our advisory board and we've got five or six i think meetings coming up over the next two to three weeks of people who are very kindly offering to join our advisory board and talk to us about what goes on yeah. in schools because this is our way of it's to add to our current board isn't it it's not yes. necessary to just well, things say, happen. Yeah. people move on you know yeah. conditions situations change and people are no longer able to we've had quite a few people from our advisory board um either go into the middle tier or go into welsh government we've also had people move on from headships so yeah. you know there, there's been changes so um that's something that we've been doing we're looking to can i, can I just refresh. say though that yeah. that the some of the board that we still got from oh, day fantastic. one who are still with us yes fantastic the stalwarts yeah you know but I, even I, those people whose lives have moved on you know yeah. everybody who's been part of our advisory board over the years and it has been years now has been absolutely amazing because this is how we make sure that what we do yeah. a stays current but also takes into account what's actually happening yeah, yeah, in schools yeah. because you know we're not in the classroom day to day anymore. So you have to, if you're in a position where you're supporting teachers who are, you need to find a way to understand what it's really like yeah. and really listen to, you know, the issues and concerns that teachers have. Yeah. So that's how we do it because you know things in education move so quickly that you know you've got to keep abreast of what's going on. 
Okay, so what we are talking about today is we are talking about reading comprehension, the teaching of reading comprehension. And because obviously as former teachers ourselves who were around for the literacy framework when it was in its inception, and we worked yeah. on the Welsh government contract to support schools with the literacy mm -hmm. framework, but we've also looked at reading comprehension in great depth, but also as a, as a former English teacher myself, we recognise that um, it's not just the teaching of early reading, i.e. phonics or mixed approaches, mm -hmm. and obviously it's systematic synthetic phonics for anybody who's concerned, that the teaching of reading comprehension isn't what it should be. Well, and it's not also confined to specific teachers within school, is it? It's reading comprehension is for every teacher. And it's only, only really the last couple of years I've gone back and I've thought, you know, with my mathematics background, how important... Mm reading comprehension is you know even to, you know one of the things you think oh you know mathematics is not you know what what reading comprehension do you really do in, in mathematics i've just come off the back of marking gcse uh, numeracy gcse and by golly the number of questions that students didn't read the question didn't yeah. interpret yeah. the marks that they threw away when you, you know yeah they've sort of got the idea but they they lost marks and because they hadn't detail. looked at it in detail it, it's that that's the impact that we see yeah absolutely and you know something struck us that we were talking to a teacher <clears throat> a secondary english teacher not that long ago and um we were talking about what goes on in the english classroom and how you teach um pupils in the english classroom and, and uh, they said that they were a teacher they felt as an english teacher they were a teacher of literature mm. and it, it probably wasn't meant to to mean and I don't yeah, look at language, language yeah. but the idea that secondary English teachers are English specialists and they are English specialists but the large majority of um, English graduates have done a literature degree and of course literature is made up of language so there are huge swathes of English teachers secondary English specialists out there who've never had um, instruction themselves in grammar in sentence structure in how language works in linguistics in the history of language you know they most probably are um, well informed in that area because you would have to be as an English graduate but haven't actually had that instruction themselves or haven't had to study study it um, themselves at degree level well it, i think it's such an important thing for us to be discussing today and i, I know we keep coming back to reading and we keep coming back to reading comprehension mm -hmm. because it is so important and things yeah. don't seem to be moving on yeah. very quickly you know you know at a basic level it need it needs to be well maybe it is part of the it the ite framework yeah for subject specific not just yeah within english it needs yeah. to be embedded and have the teachers coming into the profession with those skills. And understanding, right the understanding the importance. I mean, if we go back to 1983, Wahlberg and Sy, um, they coined the term the Matthew effect. And the, the Matthew effect is based on the psalm from Matthew 25, 29, which said, For unto everyone that hath shall be given, and he, that ha uh, he shall have abundance. But from him that hath not shall be taken away even that he hath. So basically what this psalm is saying is those who already have advantage, they will be even more advantaged. And those who are disadvantaged, 
they their situation will get worse. And that's exactly what happens with reading is that if you don't learn to read well early on in your learning career, the gap between you and those who do learn to read yeah. well just widens. It's, and it's very stark at secondary, isn't it? When you've got basically non-functional readers or readers who are reading, you know, six months, 12 yeah. months below their chronological age when they come in in year seven. I think mm. we, all of our secondary colleagues will be there nodding their heads. Yeah. That, that those are the children that are more difficult to support to support help. and to help and to and to progress, and to at, get progress at, at, the, at the same rate as, as as some of the other pupils and that those are those we've got to be really concerned about absolutely and i think mm. that we traditionally we've thought of reading as decoding yeah so that those people who can decode well the job's done but obviously we know that it's more than decoding it's it's not enough to just be able to actually speak the words out loud mm. you have to understand not just yeah what each individual word means, but what it means in that particular context. So it is a combination of, you know, the word recognition, the phonemic understanding, but also the comprehension of what you're reading and how yeah. it all fits together. You've got to make sense of what you read. Absolutely. Just, just like, you know, go back, put my mathematics head back on. Yeah. You know, you've got to make sense of the numbers that you're working with. Otherwise, you give answers to problems that are completely ridiculous. And you yeah. don't make any sense of what it is you're supposed to be doing it's absolutely the same, same principle isn't it? And, and this is the thing with reading as well is that it uh, you know research shows us that um vocabulary is part of having a wide vocabulary is part of being a good reader being a good reader improves your vocabulary so it's a it's yeah. a positive feedback cycle the more words you know and understand about the better reader you are, the better reader you are, the more words that you know. So it's the, the one feeds into the other. And a good vocabulary is one of the strongest indicators of mm. academic success. Mm. Well, I was, I was reading something as, as well, like, I know it was a couple of months ago, and there was a, another thread on Twitter over the weekend about the pupil's reading ability and, mm. and reading age is mm. a far better indicator of their performance mm. in mathematics at GCSE. Right than it is of their performance necessarily in any other subject. I'm wow. to dig that out and see, and see, yeah, look at that a little bit more. And I think but that it, says a lot, true. doesn't it? Is that if we can get reading right, so much else mm. will follow. Because if you can read, you can learn for yourself. Yeah, absolutely. You know, you, you can make sense of things for yourself. Um, <laughs> so, you know, reading is required for learning, but it's also required for GCSEs. And I think there's mm. this narrative out there that GCSE questions generally speaking are a fairly low reading age you know sort of age mm. nine age ten i think there's you know i i'm i'm like pulling this from memory at the moment now but i'm sure there was something in the daily mail at some point that said oh gcse's have a reading age of 10 so if you can't read a gcse question you know you're you're not a very good reader but actually when you look at things like the science questions and yeah. the science is particularly yeah. striking is that they've got a reading age of around about 15 or 16. Mm. So even if you are like six months behind mm. in your reading age, you're still going to struggle. Because mm. if if we were given questions that were based on our reading age now, say our vocabulary now, mm. you know, we'd be reading academic papers and they're hard, they're tough. But we also had a conversation, we were talking about reading comprehension, I think, with some of the AWILE leads at um, one of the schools we've been working with, um, mm last week and they were saying about the science papers in particular yeah that you know there's they're very wordy some of those mm. larger questions but 
over 50% of the the, the, actual, the, question. the actual question yeah. is unrelated to what the pupils mm. actually need to do. So yeah. it's that idea of, okay, how do we sift through and how do we decide what are the key things that I need yeah. to use? Because, you know, we're in a time situation. I know we keep banging on about GCSEs, but that's where... Yeah, that's where that, we're That's the tipping point, isn't it? That, that's where we're going to. That's the sign that things <clears throat> have gone wrong. And that skill of reading something, yeah. sifting through, identifying what's significant and what's not. Yeah. Or, in other words, finding yeah. the main idea of a text. That is the key skill, the foundational yeah. skill to what reading comprehension yeah. actually is is finding out what's important, what's not, and then what does it well, actually Well, I think it's, as a teacher, it's one of the most frustrating things if you're sitting marking something or you, you're having a discussion and it's, yeah. they, they've missed the point. People have missed the point. Yes. Because they haven't read it. And it's, it's frustrating because sometimes it maps the fact that they might know this stuff. Yeah. But they haven't been able to show that and yeah. to demonstrate that and to access it. And I'm just going to point something out as, a, as an English specialist. Actually, they have read it. <clears throat> what they yeah. haven't done is they haven't made Copy sense it, yeah. of it because they haven't had what they needed in order to make yeah. sense of it. So it's not the fact that, and I think that we get we get this kind of feeling that pupils are losing marks because they're failing to read the question. And actually, it's probably not that as, at all. Yeah. They are reading the question, yeah. but their reading of the question is below par because they don't have the requisite information not comprehending and making that, sense yeah they, they don't have the background knowledge to make the yeah. to make their reading a competent reading of it so it's it's not they're not bothered it's that they don't have the competence to do it so when we're thinking about kind of um, what what the point of being a good reader is and why it is so important across the board okay GCSEs are like kind of line in the sand where we can say look this is where where things are going wrong this is this is the problem but it it starts so much earlier and there was some research from Stanovich in 1986 where they um Stanovich identified um several different cognitive processes or things that that pupils um were improved at if they were a good reader and there I'm going to listen here now sequential understanding being able to understand multiple um, ideas or multiple concepts mm. in a sequence and being able to keep track of that sequence, because that's what you do when you read a sentence. You read all the way to the end of the sentence to make sense of the beginning, or you'll read all the way to the end of a paragraph and then link it to another paragraph. So being able to hold those things in your head at the same time. I, I mean, I quite often have to reread a sentence because I've got to the end and I haven't quite got everything. Mm that I need yeah so sometimes you have to go back and reread it to oh bits of it to make those links isn't absolutely it? and that process of actually reading something going right okay there's thing number one let's pop that on yeah. a shelf and I'll have to come back to that later oh there's thing number two and keeping on adding to that sequence and being able to keep that information in your head yeah. well in your working memory isn't it that's what you absolutely that's what you're doing Okay, so there's that. There's vocabulary knowledge is improved. So mm -hmm. we already know that reading improves your vocabulary, not just the words that you know, but what you know about mm -hmm. the words that you know. So where the roots of the words come from or all of the different semantic connections, the meaning connections mm -hmm. that that word has or the, how it can be used in a different context and so on. General knowledge. Mm -hmm. You know, if you're, a, if you're a wide reader, your general knowledge is better. Mm -hmm. 
and general knowledge is required for life. Mm -hmm. You know, it is general. Syntactic skills, syntactic skills mean the syntax of a sentence. So how words work together in a sentence to make sense. So why, for example, if you had a, a, a sentence that said, um, you know, um, let's say uh, the ball was thrown against the wall rather than um, Billy threw the ball against the wall. The fact that you know that the ball was thrown against the wall, it was a, a passive sentence mm -hmm. that, that suggests that whoever's talking is trying to distance themselves from what's gone on. Mm -hmm. So it's understanding the nuances mm -hmm. of how grammar works, how words work together, who who's doing what in the sentence, all those kinds of things. And then there's also memory and cognitive functioning, which I think is fascinating, mm -hmm. is that the more widely you read, the more voracious and skilled a reader you are, the better your brain works. Mm -hmm. Wow. Because well, you're making more connections to things that you've read before, aren't you? Mm. Surely. Sorry, just taking yeah, a sip so of my hot chocolate. <laughs> you're not yes. so hot about chocolate. We're not so hot chocolate now. Mm. Okay. And th the last two that they um, picked out, empathy and confidence. Mm. Mm. And oh my gosh, do we need more of that at the moment? Yeah. Children need more of that at the moment, but we need more of it of each other. You know, and <clears throat> English teachers know this all the time, that, that by reading literature and empathising with the characters in literature, it brings us to a better understanding mm. of life more generally, because as English teachers, we end up teaching the children in our class about life. That is what literature yeah. is. And it's it's recognising that that doesn't just happen in English. Mm that you you will read things in the paper or your history teachers are I'm sure very like this as well, yeah. you know, learning from history. But it can happen health and well-being, it can happen sport, anywhere. Okay. So we know that the simple view of reading is that it is decoding and comprehension. And the two work together to support each other. But reading really is it's about taking what's on the page and creating a model in your head mm -hmm. to make sense of that. So whether it's a sequence and you see all the bits and how they fit together, or it's a mathematical mm -hmm. problem and you understand the process. I'm thinking of one particularly we had. Um, we used in one of our courses, and it's a while ago now, um, I think probably about 2016, uh, we did a course on um, literacy in, in numeracy or literacy in mathematical yeah. reasoning or something like that. And it was about a hockey match. And it was about calculating the number of people who had been at a hockey match. But there was one pivotal word mm. in that question that, that children weren't getting. And it was the word previous. Mm. Because it was the, what they actually wanted to do was to compare two mm. hockey matches and compare the attendees at one with the other. And just that one word, the whole question pivoted. It changed what you do with it. On that that one word. So it's so for the readers of that question, you would have got it wrong if all you was doing all you were doing was looking at one hockey match. Mm. It was creating a mental image that ah, there were two hockey matches. So there must be, if they're talking about two, there must be a comparison between the two going on. So it then became a comparative. Yeah. There's this misconception, isn't there, with mathematics? And then we keep banging on about, about mathematics in particular, that um, if you, mathematics is, is just, you know, find the numbers and do something, do with, something them. with them, do the calculation. It's much more nuanced than that. And I think 
the order that you do things in and the 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 subtle words the t and we were talking about this it's the tier two vocabulary words yes. that really do make that difference yes i think we can teach the subject specific words mm. and pupils tend to get those yeah but it's those tier two that have got subtle differences yeah in different subjects yeah that we don't really think about absolutely and i know that um we had a um there was a, a conversation on twitter and it was probably about oh, i don't know about four years ago now where some people had come up with a strategy for um how to summarize a text mm. based on the structure of the text now the structure of a text does help with summarizing knowing what information is where and for example if you've got a, um, a non-fiction text and you've got a topic sentence at the beginning of the paragraph it tells you roughly what the paragraph is about however that is not the only skill that you use when you summarize um, you are using multiple other skills you are thinking about the interaction between words in a sentence you're thinking about the words themselves you're thinking about the subject that the text is actually about and your knowledge of it you're thinking about how it all fits together and then you're thinking about the things that aren't said mm. you know the things that actually are implied or inferred but aren't actually said in the mm. in, and that relies on your depth of understanding mm. of what's actually mm. been discussed in the text so it's not enough to say for a, a maths question right here's a maths question there's going to be some numbers in it. Mm. You're going to have to carry out a calculation. Find the numbers, carry out the calculation. So you do a bit of skim and scanning for those numbers because we know that that's really going to work, isn't it? Yeah. And any any secondary math teachers out there will know if you give it give people a highlighter. Yeah. They're just going to go straight in, highlight the numbers, or they'll highlight everything. Yeah. So you know, going back to our hockey question, if that question had started with compare two mm. hockey matches. Mm then that would have been yeah. a massive, yeah. you know, idea for pupils. And they were going, oh, okay, two hockey matches, great. But unfortunately, and we know this happens time and time again across subjects, examiners are not that nice. They don't say, this is a question about comparison or this is a question where you have to do yeah, but don't forget as well that from an examiner's point of view, examiners aren't necessarily the, the English specialists. No, they're they're subject specialists. Yeah. So... As a mathematician writing a mathematics GCSE question, which you I would be yeah, I would be focused on the mathematics that I want to get out, not necessarily, yeah. which is called, you know, wrong in a way, that not so how easy it is how, to read. Yeah. yeah. Or the, the, and there and I know from, from Mark in this this year and in previous years that there are questions that you think, hmm, Yeah, that makes it more the, difficult yeah, for them. Yeah. Yeah. And I think this is what we need to remember is that. What are we testing you? <laughs> exactly. I was going to say exactly that is that, um, you know, we want GCSEs actually to be um, a test of the kinds of skills that they are going to be mm. using in the real world. So, in fact, having a, a question about hockey match, which yeah. doesn't start with compare these two hockey matches, which mm. actually says, you know, gives you information and it's the word previous that you have yeah. to pull out. You know, when you're working in the world of work, you don't always get an email that is really clear about what somebody wants. Yeah. You have to pull that mm. information out. You have to drag it out. And I think that 
<clears throat> I know there is rigorous quality assurance of all, all of these questions that go on, but it is just make sure that we've really got that. No, and that I think yeah, but I don't clear. think we we should be in a situation where we have we're having pupils, um, the work that's being presented to pupils made as easy as possible so those pupils can pass, or those questions um, encouraging pupils to rise to so the challenge yeah. that and recognizing that. You know, maths questions, test yes. reading comprehension. Yeah. So, so let's improve children's reading comprehension because that's what they're going to need in the yes. world. So then our that's maths question, it, isn't it? Absolutely, mm -hmm. our maths question is a better preparation yeah. for world mm -hmm. for the world. So, what is actual reading comprehension? What are the elements of reading comprehension? Mm -hmm. So we've got vocabulary. Obviously, words mm -hmm. are the building blocks of language. Whether you're reading that language and making sense of it, whether you're speaking it, listening to it, or whether you're writing it. And it's word knowledge, knowing the word, knowing what it means, knowing what connections it has, knowing how it can be used in all of the different contexts, the links, the references, the emotions that are linked with it. I'm going to give you a lot example later on. Um, the implications of that word, the history of that word, how it's been used in the past. You know, I could go on and on and on. But if you think of words that are used um, in language these days and all of the things that are connected with it, I'm just looking at you, Jane, now. I know that you're looking at me going, oh, she's on a soapbox. I love to language. Look at where you go with <laughs> Yeah. Well, if you think about it, uh, the um, Proud Boys, he didn't think I was going to say that, did he? Okay, so the Proud Boys, the white supremacist, supremacist um, group from America. Yeah, where is this going now? Yeah, you know, okay. the word pride, proud. Mm. I mean, look at all the disparate things that that is yeah. linked with. Pride, LGBTQ, mm. uh, Proud Boys, far-right fascist, mm. you know, mm. uh, being proud. Yeah. So reading comprehension is about knowing the words and not just knowing the words but the bits of the words as well morphology oh i love a bit of morphology tell me about morphology Jane. well you know it's the whole thing you talk talking shapes you're talking you know for example things like octagons and remember doing things like percentages per cent per hundred all the words that pupils know around yeah cent c-e-n-t yeah. hundred you know Century, all of those yeah. And it makes so much sense then when you're talking about other things, centimetre. Yeah. It's a hundred. Yes. Yes. You know, and and the, that sort of makes the light bulb go on with some, some people. So yeah. they've got that whole idea of what, about what they can, and they can decode what the word actually means. Okay. And it gives them facts and it gives them information. They're being language detectives. They are. And actually, just hearing you talk about that. That is absolutely <clears throat> what you do when you do literary analysis mm. at degree level is you take words, elements of words, and you actually deconstruct. Mm. And there's this whole literary theory about deconstructionism, which is about deconstructing a text and pulling it apart in order to make sense of the text. And I've done it with Shakespeare and all kinds of things. And it's, it's uh, giving pupils the passion for that they can do this, that mm. they already know lots of words with scent in it, mm -hmm what what are those words yeah. how do they fit together and that's how you get excited about language I'm mean, just thinking back to um, when I was a secondary English teacher I actually taught A-level English language back when it was more of a science than a, an art and one of my students was actually 
looking at hairdressers names Mm. because it's you know they're always puns like cut and curl or the hair zone or you know and that was at an a level level but it's that um recognition that as native speakers we are all experts before we really Mm. even are writing effectively in language so it's building on that and this is about not just building on what you know about words, but the background knowledge. And that's the second thing that reading comprehension is about. It's about having the knowledge of how the world works that you can use to make sense of what you're reading. And it's very much due to your own experiences as well, isn't it? You've got to be able to bring that into. Yes. Which is, you know, slightly out of a teacher's control. But, you know, a teacher can broaden those horizons yep. by exposing all of these words and yeah. and experiences to the pupils as much as possible. Well, that's actually the job of a teacher, because when you're reading a text or when you're making meaning of words in front of you, is if children don't have the background knowledge, mm. you have to provide it for them. And I'm thinking back to um, some work we did around mm. reading comprehension and we were working with um, teachers who worked in the valleys and you know, some of these valley schools, I'm thinking up the Alvin Valley, for example, um, there are some schools there where it's one road in, one road out. Glencorug is a place like that. And children in that a community like that, um, you know, the nearest Tesco's is 45 minutes or 40 minutes away. And um, it's 45 minutes there and back to Patalba. You know, they might not go there if their parents don't have a car. They might just use the shop in the village. They might not go to Tesco's. So when you talk about doing a big shop or the bright lights of a city or, you know, any of those kinds of things that would link with a larger town, Mm. they don't have anything to relate that to. So if they don't have that, you have to build that in. This is what it's like. Give them the experiences that link with that, that background knowledge. Take, you know, you hear about children going to the beach for the first time. How can you write a descriptive piece about being by the seaside if If you've you've never never been been there there. you might have seen it on films but it's not the same so there's vocabulary there's background knowledge but there's also sentence structure and text structure Mm. so you know we've already talked a little bit about both of those but being able to explicitly uh, describe how a sentence works Mm. and how using a word in that particular place changes the meaning how using um, a comma will change the meaning of a sentence and it is important well it's very much that you've got to be able to use it to be able to understand it so if you would talk about reading comprehension yeah you really need to think about how you would use it and to be able to use it you need to be able to comprehend absolutely and you need to be able to describe in detail it's not just enough to say well i know the answer to that question you need to be able to actually make that explicit for example if we're talking about inference, which is another element of reading comprehension, being able to understand what isn't being said and, and as a teacher, mm-hmm. recognising what isn't being said. That's actually we take so much for granted that, you know, is part of teachers are experts, but they're also quite widely read um, and they've got a, a usually got a very broad general knowledge and a knowledge of life I mean adults for a start which is huge but sometimes it's quite difficult to recognize what it is that children don't know for example you know if you had the sentence there was a man running down the street perspiring heavily carrying a briefcase looking at his watch you might think he's late to catch a bus Mm. he's late for work 
But all of the things that haven't been said there, you know, mm. looking is what he's late for something. He's carrying a briefcase. He's a businessman. Mm. He's late for a meeting. It could easily be that he's he's carrying a briefcase, that he's a spy. Mm. And he's, you know, he's looking at um, some kind of digital information on his watch that, you know, it, it very it's much depends. that bigger picture, isn't it? Absolutely. Absolutely. So it, it's thinking about what's the best bet for teaching reading comprehension. It is recognizing that the elements of reading comprehension are not necessarily the elements that we see in Curriculum for Wales. Because mm -hmm. we're being told that skimming a text for key information mm -hmm. is a skill, a generic skill mm -hmm. that you can build from foundation phase right through just by having lessons around skim this text, mm -hmm. skim that text, this is how you do it. But really, when we're thinking about it, the only things that you can skim a text for, things that you already know something about. Mm -hmm. You know, if I said, right, I want you to skim this text for everything that you think might be related to quantum physics. Mm -hmm. You know, if you don't know anything about quantum physics. It's very difficult. To you know, you might pick up the word quarks, yeah, yeah. let's say, yeah. or you might, you know, Newton, yeah. possibly. But, you know, you won't know all of the terms. I can't even give examples. Now, but all well, of I mean, terms. this is this is where we get in the territory, isn't it, of highlighting numbers or highlighting yeah. words with capital letters or yeah. highlighting words that maybe you don't quite know. Yeah. So maybe that's something to do with it. Absolutely. And, you know, there's there's lots of research out there that that background knowledge, knowing things, knowing things about a particular context is really, really important. For example, there was a whole research paper around graduates and how disadvantaged graduates who got first class degrees were less likely to earn big money in comparison with advantaged graduates who'd got a 2-1. And it was down to the disadvantaged graduates not having had experience of the class system and, you know, polite company and what's acceptable to wear, Society, yeah. you know, societal rules. And that's a tangible example of how background knowledge has made a difference to people's lives. And if you think about reading a text being just viewing the scene, you know, knowledge is really, really important. So, you know, we shouldn't be looking at skimming scanning summarizing inference deduction as generic skills but that they are skills that are supported by vocabulary sentence structure text yeah. structure background knowledge the ability to reason i want to give another example here because i wrote it out so i'm going to use it you know if if you're thinking about children you know at the early stages in the literacy uh, framework they talked about um, inferring meaning from a, a, a photograph and that being a um, a, or a, a picture and that being um, the kind of the start of the skill that is inference at a later date but it's such a different skill that if you think about for example if I said he leapt the barrier and charged for the train door the heavies in hot pursuit you know you can imagine the the scene there so all of the things that you would have to understand about that is that you know, the background knowledge, you'd have to understand that there were barriers for a train. That I he was, assume you've been to the train station. Absolutely. Yeah. But that's based on the fact that you bought a ticket. Yeah. Um, you know, what if you'd never caught a, a train? Hot pursuit. You know, mm. why hot pursuit? What, what does the yeah, word what does hot? that mean? You know, we also know that it's 
pursuit is to chase. Mm. So hot pursuit could also be called fresh pursuit. We know that when you're tracking an animal, one of the things that trackers do is they actually feel the ground mm. where someone has to see if it's actually slightly mm. warm from the animal. Uh, you know, the warmth of the animal would transfer to the to the to the track. So hot pursuit becomes immediate, mm. close behind. You know, if you don't have all of that. Mm. You know, you might say hot pursuit is, well, when they're pursuing and they're running, they are hot, physically hot. So it's... it's And the heavies, what do we mean by the heavies? Well, absolutely. That's another one, isn't it? The heavies, you know, thugs, mafia, heavy, basically heavily built, big, strong, strong guys. So it's thinking about every time you read something, you're bringing to it your prior knowledge of the words... Mm. Well, you're creating that mental image, aren't you, of mm. that of that sentence? Yeah, and you're bringing your knowledge to that. And I think that yes, okay, you would be bringing your knowledge to a picture, but with a picture, mm. it, it's it's really quite different because everything you need is on the page. Mm. You're making predictions. It's not the same skill at all. So, you know, we need to recognise that just like vocabulary is is developed by reading and reading is developed by vocabulary knowledge is developed by reading and reading is developed by knowledge so um if you're a key point where to start isn't it what what is the important thing yeah and i think that if we're using the national reading test which is to identify skills where things are going wrong and then to have lots of lessons that that look at inference Mm and just giving pupils examples of well infer meaning from this infer meaning for that and you're not thinking about well, what knowledge were they missing what knowledge do they need how can i build that knowledge and what just just to i know we had a conversation about this the other day is it mm. what's to say that my inference of what i've read or what i've seen <laughs> is the right or the wrong to what well, you you know it's very much it's a very subjective thing as well isn't it it is and that's that's what i actually love about uh, literary analysis mm. linguistic analysis because there is actually a linguistic analysis theory mm. called reader response theory which is that once the writer has written the text the text is, is stops being owned by the writer mm. and is actually owned by the reader so mm. i'm coming to a text i bring my own knowledge and yeah. experience to that text and actually my interpretation of that text is perfectly valid which is why you see in you know western theatres you'll see um shakespeare done all kinds of ways you'll see shakespeare done as a you know as an office drama or as a world war drama or what you know you bring your own interpretation to it and that's absolutely fine as long as you can justify it through well, this word does this, and this sentence does it, this, and this is how it relates. In but it's experience. like even in the day-to-day world, how many times have we sat there and we've had an email from somebody yeah. and you've got, oh, I've got, oh, it's all right. Yeah. And then it's like, well, I, I interpreted it this one way. way and you've interpreted it completely. And, I, you know, we've taken the email yeah, pulled it in, in, in a different way, both of us. And it's like, oh, I better go reread that and have a think about yeah. it. And it's very often how you feel about it as well. Yeah, you know how, how much a exclamation mark can change, but it is the... it is always based on um, our interpretation of certain words. It's always based mm. on what is in the text, and there is, um, a, you know, reader response theory has a limit in that there will be a an accepted version of interpretation of a text, but your particular nuance 
of that is based on your own experience and yeah. it comes from your own schema your own knowledge yeah. base is how you see the world it's it's your worldview mm. and that does make a difference mm. to to what you read but we need to be having pupils in a position where they have a broad enough worldview to have an opinion on yeah, things yeah. So, you know, if we're thinking about developing reader comprehension, first and foremost, we need to think about vocabulary, connections, context, morphology, examples, generative learning based through challenging texts. If children are not being introduced to new and varied vocabulary through challenging texts, you know, if they're not being asked to read the newspaper or asked mm. to being, uh, being asked to read academic texts, then their vocabulary is not going to grow. And as you were saying, it's not just tier three subject specific. It is tier two words. How one word and the subtleties with those can mean multiple different things. Explain mm. can mean multiple different things in multiple different contexts, multiple different mm -hmm. subjects. It's sentence structure. It's how words work, what jobs they do, what effects they create. Text structures is not just to recreate via a formula. It's actually to understand why it is written that way. Because unless you know the rules, you can't innovate and be creative and break them. You have to start with what the, the rules are mm. in order to know why you're breaking it, what effect mm. that is going to have. So background knowledge, what are the requirements of the text? How am I building that knowledge in? If I'm expecting children to read something, anything in any lesson, what do they need in order to be able to make sense of that? How do I build that first? before yeah. they get to the text and then obviously inference is dependent on what children know so it's curriculum for wales has the opportunity you can teach children anything but it, it's that preparing them to make sense of the world and a lot of the time for those of us who read well we make sense of the world through words through reading but, but i think it's because because we do read and because we do have that that broader um vocabulary and that border you don't tend to think so much that other people don't have that yes and i and i think when where we're moving ahead it's recognizing that every teacher yes and we've more or less got to the point where we know that every teacher is a, te is a teacher of reading of yes. some sort but reading comprehension we've yeah. really got to be careful and be very um explicit in how we teach yeah reading comprehension from a subject point of view but also in a, on a much broader yeah and i think that place. it is it is really difficult to go from being an expert in something anything to recognizing what it's like for somebody who doesn't have that yeah. expertise but if you're asking children to read anything what are the pivotal things in that <clears throat> reading that you want them to understand and do you think they know? Yeah. I mean, do a quick question. You know, if you're asking a question about hockey matches, who mm -hmm. here has been to a hockey match? Mm -hmm. Who in here knows what ice hockey is? You know, what happened? What's a, a match it's that, season? It's that step as a teacher that you you need to think about what you're thinking or yes. how you're thinking. Yes. And I, and I think we tend to do it in a snap and, yeah. and make sense of a, a yeah. particular question or a particular concept, yeah. but not thinking about how we did it. Yeah. But we want to be able to think about well, how are our pupils going to do it? Because they're not coming at it from the same point that we are. Yeah. And actually, that reminds me of a, a task that we do in um, a lot mm. of our sessions with people is to say, right, we're going to teach you something. And what we want you to do is whilst we're teaching you, it, we want to think, want you to think about what you're thinking about. Mm. And actually, 
teaching is really really complex mm -hmm. and you are having to think about what you're thinking about a lot of the time but that that's what's required so in terms of reading comprehension getting it right for children getting it right for the pupils yeah. is about being prepared is is about thinking really clearly about what am i asking them to read why am i asking them to read it what do they need what knowledge do they need what about the words the sentences the text mm. the background what's not written mm. in order to make sense of it do they have it if they don't how am i going to teach yeah. it to them so there we are in a nutshell yeah easy easy sorted okay so what are we doing next well we at and you're going to have to say this because every time we have a discussion i always get the name of the school wrong brain kellen brain kellen thank you uh where we're going to talk we're going to be working talking about pedagogy yes with um a, well i say small groups not a small group no, it's not it's quite 18, 18 yeah uh a, a willing lead subject yeah. leaders sort of with sort a view to teach your learning group developing their own practice mm -hmm. uh, we obviously we've got the meetings coming up for the advisory board new members as well as our actual advisory mm -hmm. board that's meeting as well also <laughs> i noticed yeah. i have written in my diary it'd be interesting to see if it actually appears Monday the 3rd of July, Welsh Government um, announced that they were going to be publishing the annual curriculum for Wales report. Mm -hmm. So I'm looking out for that one. So That'd that might be our next podcast. It, it might, might not be. be. Let's wait and see if that actually comes out. Yes. And apart from that, we are just cracking on. Oh, it's busy, busy, busy. Cracking it, on. it seems like. So just as we kind of are winding down on going into mm. schools it's like everyone's catching up on their emails today's yeah. been a bit manic in the in the office today yeah isn't it? trying to fit in schools for september october i know, I know. so uh the diary is open the diary yeah. is filling up rather nicely it quickly. is it is so um well have a lovely week yes take care see you soon thanks for listening don't forget to subscribe to make sure you don't miss future episodes you can find us online at www.impact.wales you can also follow us on social media, on Twitter, we're at Impact Wales, on Facebook and Instagram, search for Impact Wales, and on LinkedIn, search for Impact School Improvement.